Wow, this looks just like my hometown in the 1990s. Oh my god, over there, there's Ecto Cooler. And Gak? And Slap Bracelets? Hey, that looks like my bike. Hey, kid, come over here. What do you want, mister? Oh my god, it's me. Wow. Wait, why are you running away? Wait, no, no, stop. You're going to hit that giant large girl. That's how I broke my hand. Scott Kurland, 31 years old, has been taken back to the past to relive his most nostalgic memories on this week's Writer Bagel Basket. It's Twilight Zone Month, guys, and we're watching Walking Distance from Season 1, Episode 6. It's in the basket. So you know what that means. Tear me apart, Lisa! Fourteen! Great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Down with him! Because I'm Homer Simpson! Pizza, pizza, pizza! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Hey, Becky! Welcome to Rider's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Dwight Stearns. So, Dwight, what did we watch this week? We watched another Twilight Zone episode, and this one is uh, a fantastic one. I forgot it's, how much I love this yeah, one. This, movie, this episode is great. Um, this is Walking Distance. Uh, like you said before, it's season five, or season one, episode five of The Twilight Zone. Oh, um, I said six. Oh, you were way off, because uh, that's the next one. That's the next one. I w- <laughs> you bum. Um, just looking at the guy. <laughs> so, Walking Distance is one of those ones... I, I know you were talking about last time, oh, we want to have uh, more obscure ones. This is one of, like, widely regarded as one of the best episodes it, of yeah. The Twilight Zone, and for good reason. It is... Not your standard Twilight Zone episode. Is it like nothing like scary is happening, or there's no crazy um, social commentary about like be a better person type of deal. This is more of just like a giant nostalgia trip, thinking about who you are as a person and like where you've come from type of deal. Yeah, I I remember this has always been in my top five. I just always forgot the name of it because mm-hmm. I always remembered it as the uh, Gig Young episode okay. because. Um, I was a weird kid. Uh, I feel like this this podcast for the last uh, five months has been like I was a weird kid. I was a weird kid too. Um, I, I was really into like uh, Mel Brooks comedies at a very young age, mm-hmm. and my favorite was Blazing Saddles, which Gig Young was originally supposed to play the Waco kid. Mm-hmm. And Mel Brooks tells this story every single time that the star of this episode was Gig Young. He didn't know that Gig Young uh, had a drinking problem. He, oh, just, okay. he just won the Oscar for They Shoot Horses. And he's like, oh, I can get him in. Uh, Warner Brothers will let me have him out of his contract. Um, I'll get him. And he showed up drunk on the set. And uh, he, he memorized all his lines. But uh, he went to do the scene and he just started throwing up green stuff. You and, know, and, and cotton candy on and this episode. He, he had to go to the hospital and he died like a few months later. But every time I see Gig Young in anything, all I think of is Mel Brooks. That's a fair reason. Yeah, so seeing this episode just made me... Uh, it brought up a bunch of memories. <laughs> like, well, that's what this episode's really good at doing. Yeah. Um, I know we said that we wanted to do one that's not depressing, but trying to find a not depressing Twilight Zone... Uh, episode is like trying to find a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, well, I know that you had originally said it was between this one and Kick the Can. Kick the Can is a little bit more. No, not Kick happy. the Can uh, because Kick the Can is in the movie. Exactly. That's what I was saying. It was between this and Kick the Can, but we decided not to do Kick the I Can we because do it's in the movie. The death one. The death one. The one with the little girl and Edwin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Something about a sale. Damn. Uh, I don't yeah, what uh, it is. world's greatest sale. Yes. Yeah. Pitch. Pitch. Yes. Um, I I thought because originally we said kick the one can. One for the angels is one the name of it. Yeah, one for the angels. because uh, we were gonna do kick the can, and then we remembered it was in the movie, mm-hmm. and then it was between this one and one for the angels. Yeah. And I I uh, I love this one, so I said let's do this one. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why I would say one for the angels is because Edwin is in it. And Edwin's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. 
So this one I love because it actually has two famous actors in this movie, uh, this episode. True. Uh, Gig Young. Yep. Academy Award winner Gig Young. And uh, Frank Overton, who, if you know To Kill a Mockingbird, he was the sheriff. And he always plays, I feel like he always plays like this father-like figure mm-hmm. who is a kindly old man. Yep. Um, because in um, To Kill a Mockingbird, he could have been a bad, crooked sheriff, but he was the one who knew that Atticus could get this wrongfully accused man off. Uh-huh. And I feel like he's playing like a very similar role here. Well, this was before To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. so yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like they saw that, because uh, Universal owned CBS at the time before mm-hmm. they bought NBC in the 90s. So I'm pretty sure this is one of those contract things where they're like, okay, you're on this show, you come here. Oh, you're forgetting the other very famous actor who is in this movie. Oh. Little Ronnie Howard has oh, he, a play. Has a, has you mean a director show. of the Han Solo movie? Yeah. And uh, now he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Little Ronnie Howard has a... It's like a short cameo. He plays uh, a neighbor boy from that knows... Uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Was this the same time as uh, Andy Griffith's show? Uh, this was 59. Um, so probably. I don't know when the Andy Griffith show came out, to be honest. Which was also CBS. Yes, it was. So that explains that. I'm going to look it I up I know right it was now. definitely during Music Man. Uh, Music this Man. is right before Andy Griffith's show. Andy Griffith's show uh, aired from 60 to 68, and this episode was from 59. So this is literally the year before he became OB. I I bet this is the year he got uh, Music Man, because I know Music Man was 60. So oh, yeah, he, he was, was the prob- kid with the lisp, right? Yes. Winthrop. That's it. Which, uh, Bebe's kids, the kid's name was Win- Winthrop, and they called him Opie. That's a bunch of knowledge that's a that can we're dropping. Of worms. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so this episode uh, starts with, uh, it's uh, Rob Salone. Uh, Martin Sloan. Martin Sloan. His father is Robert. Yes. Okay. Martin Sloan um, is a media executive who shows up at a gas station to get his car worked on and yep. his tank filled, and he's kind of a uh, jerk. Oh, he's a total <laughs> jerk. Like, he, he shows up, and it's... How and many horn honks? At least... 15 like he just like sits there like looks over at the guy who was like working on a car the gas station attendant who was working on a car and then just like starts honking his horn and it's like you could have just been like hey buddy can i get some help or whatever and like the guy comes over and he's like i want some service give me some service and i mean this is back when they had uh fuel attendant or yeah, gas station yeah. attendants that would actually pump your gas and all that fun crap and then he sees a sign that says homewood Mm-hmm. mile and a half yep. and he goes homewood i'm from homewood haven't been there in years yeah and I mean, he he kind of ex- exposits a little bit he's like oh yeah i'm an executive in new york city and i just i had to get away from all the boardroom meetings i had to just i got in my car and i started driving and so now he's within walking distance from his old hometown i think that's on purpose i think he always was trying to return home he mentions it at the end of the episode that he was he did it like subconsciously. He was like, I was always coming here type of deal. But um, so walking distance, that's where we get the title. Yeah. Roll credits. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're like, hey, is that walking distance? Yeah, that's walking distance. Is okay. it walking distance? Yeah. They say it like four times. It, it, the thing that I think is really funny is he's like, oh, that's a sign for Homewood. Is Homewood up there? And he's like, yeah, about a mile and a half. Oh, does that sign say it's a mile and a half? Yeah, it's about a mile and a half. That's walking distance. You sure it's walking distance? Yeah, it's about walking distance. It's like. Okay, guys, let's just get to what's going on. Uh, it, it was clear that they had to kill like two minutes. Yeah. Like this, I bet this episode came in at like 20. I feel like they filmed all of the stuff in Homewood first, mm-hmm. and then they filmed like the gas station attendant. Like this was day 15. Yeah. So th- this next part I thought was pretty creative. So um, Martin starts walking. Yeah, Martin starts walking to Homewood, his old hometown, and the camera. So you, he's looking into a mirror at the gas station, and you can, in the back in the mirror you can see the Homewood sign. So he's he leaves frame and starts walking towards the Homewood sign, but he's still in the mirror, and you can see him walking down the road in the mirror. And then the camera pans into the mirror, and then we cut to him, or Martin, entering a malt shop or like a drugstore. Malt shop, right? Yeah, it's, it's a soda jerk. Soda jerk. Yeah, there's yeah. a soda jerk behind the counter, and so you see that, and he comes into this this um, the store, and then the camera pulls out, and we're still in a mirror. So it, it uses a mirror as a transition between uh, him at the gas station and him in the town, which um, 
is very creative in my opinion because it's almost like Alice in the Wonderland going into the looking glass type of deal, which uh, comes into play very soon. So, so uh, what I love in this episode is he goes into the soda jerk and, and he's like, yeah, can I, uh, do you still make uh, the ice cream sodas with three scoops? And they're like, oh, that's the only way to make them. Yeah, come on. Whoa. What were you talking about, buddy? And he goes, it'll be a dime. A dime? Well, before he was like, I remember I used to come here as a kid, and I would get those ice, these ice cream scoops. I, I had so many, and it only cost me a dime. And then the guy was like, yeah, that'll, that'll be a dime. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> just, just give me a dime. And he's like, a dime? That's not how much they cost in New York City. Yeah, you're not going to make very much money selling them for that. <laughs> I don't know where that accent came from. <laughs> You've been doing so. I have been weird accents tonight. <laughs> so uh, he he then goes off into exposition where mm-hmm. like, yeah, old man Wilson would be asleep in the back room and uh, just remembering the good old days, which I feel like that's more of the time loop. I, I feel like uh, mm-hmm. whoever was the man in the moon pulling the strings on this one uh, was like the more he thought about it, the more it would go into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, well, here's a dollar. I'll be on my way. And he goes, dollar? That's a buck. <laughs> I said to it's you, like, I was like, well, I'm a millionaire now. I'm going to quit. Shop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so spoiler alert. Later on in the in the episode, he orders another soda, and it costs him 35 cents. He was making such a big deal about it only costing a dime versus 35 cents that does not seem like it's that much dra- drastic of an increase to me I, I i think that the regular soda itself was like maybe 15 cents because yeah. he said you want three scoops that's going to cost you extra so if i'm doing this in my head mm-hmm. it was probably like an extra five- 10 cents per scoop or something or? yeah so probably 15 cents for the actual soda and then like 10 cents so it's not that different it's yeah like, it's it's still pretty cheap, mm-hmm. and then uh, I mean, if he's throwing dollars around, then clearly the extra quarter isn't breaking his bank. Like, <laughs> come on, guy. But anyways, so he goes uh, to the hometown, uh, to the stream. He's like, oh, this looks all familiar, and there's a little boy playing marbles. Well, before that, we get the oh, first right. the first hint of like something is off mm-hmm. outside of the dime thing because he's he's talking about mr wilson who used to sit in his chair in the back room and then after um martin leaves the the soda jerk fountain area place world um the soda jerk goes up to that um to the, the back room and there's mr um wilson, wilson yeah. sitting in his chair asleep so it's like we get our first taste of like something's off what i loved about mr wilson one thing that i love in um movies and TV shows is when a guy has a southern accent for no reason, which Mr. Wilson had. Mm-hmm. But when they also have that high pitched, like, like, oh well, Dwight Stearns, I haven't seen you in the the longest time, <laughs> and he had that accent. I love that that whole. Well, it sounds like I have a parched throat. <laughs> I'll order some more chocolate syrup tonight. Yeah, that type of stuff. Because it didn't fit into the tone of the episode. No, I, like you don't get the hint that this is in the South in any way, shape, or form, other yeah. than you know that this guy one guy's raspy, yep. wispy voice. <laughs> we should do the rest of the episode with. with the, so this is what happens there. <laughs> My stars and gutters. So uh, he he then ends up on the street that he lived in yep. Homewood. Which do they ever say? What if it turned out to be Maple Street? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so everything like was connected. A Marvel universe connected. <laughs> no, but yeah, you're right because he so he sees a kid playing marbles and it's little Ronnie Howard, and um, he's always he starts <laughs> he starts reminiscing about the types of marbles that they had. He's like, "Well, we called these ones. <laughs> they, they were like the most unoriginal names. We called the steel ones Steelies and the clear ones Clearies. And the ones that look like a cat's eye. Guess what we call those marbles? <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, do we? Do you call that one a cat's eye? Yeah, like, man, cause shocker. Because he, he does say, uh, "Do you call this a cat's eye?" And he's like, "We sure do, Mister. <laughs> like, we still, yeah, we still got names for them. I, I wish Ron Howard was like Jeepers, Mister. That would have been awesome. Um, but, yeah. So, so, yeah, so he, like, sees, he's, like, basically across from his old house at this point. This is what made me realize that they could not make this episode today. Mm-hmm. Because the way that, that, um, Gig Young, um, is allowed to approach children. Oh, yeah. Like, like, 
uh, Ron Howard's not sitting on his lap, but but how close he is to yeah. him, he might as well have been. Like, and it, they were just having a conversation. Like that does not happen. You nowadays. you cannot talk to another person's kid yeah. this day and age. Well, that kid would not be out on the street playing marbles unsupervised in the middle of the day. Period. Yeah. Like Amber just, Alert. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, and and if a strange man. Um, because we were talking about it, and you said, well, I, I don't know, if this was 30 years ago, or like even 20 years ago, that would be, oh, the 90s and, and 80s, and that's when they started setting up neighborhood watches. Mm-hmm. So, no, yeah. you cannot make this today unless you period piece it and do 60s to 30s. Again. Yeah, because yeah, I think the concept of the, it's only actually, it's only 15 years, so that would be early 2000s. That, mm. That's still a post-9-11 world, never going to happen, because nope. the guy... The main character's 36, and he says later on that the time period that he's in is when he was 11. So that's 15 years. So 15 uh, years from today is yeah. 2002. So that's a post-9-11 world. There's no way that this episode can be made today. You're correct. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Which is, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he goes, yeah, see that house over there? And he he puts his arm around Ron Howard. He's like, "See that over there?" Once again, you can't yeah. make this today. Red flags. Nope. Get get away from that kid. <laughs> um, he's like, uh, "Yeah, that's the sl- you mean the Sloan house?" He's like, "That's my house." You still call it the Sloan house? Yeah, that was. I, I can see that being weird because he still doesn't realize that he's in the past at he's this point. In 1935, um, which I brought up. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. What I brought up, <laughs> but. Uh, um, so he goes, yeah, that's me, Martin Sloan. He's like, you're not Martin Sloan. I know Marty Sloan. We're pals. And then he just runs away. You're not pals with Marty Sloan, I, Ronnie, I, because you're like five years old and Marty is like... He's 11. 11. He's, he says multiple times that he's 11. So it would be weird. Yeah. That's... What? No. no. <laughs> Unless and, he's beating you up for lunch money, I don't think that you guys are friends. So then he goes to the park. Yep. And... Um, I thought he was going to grab another ice cream. I'm like, wow, it's a penny here. <laughs> what if the whole episode was... Was uh, just he- him like, discovering like cheap ice creams? <laughs> <laughs> I want to make that short now. The Twilight Zone <laughs> short where, oh, wow, I'm back in time. Do you want to see yourself as a kid? No. No, like- everything's so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I can go to the movies. <laughs> uh, so he's talking to this woman who... Mm-hmm. Well, this woman is like playing with her child and her child is climbing up a tree. And this is another example of like, don't touch my kid mentality that we have nowadays is because like, she's oh. like, Oh, come down Johnny. And then he's just he's like, like Johnny! Johnny, Johnny, come down, Johnny, Johnny, what are you doing on the tree? Johnny. And he just like grabs this kid out of a tree yeah. and like, and people nowadays would be like, what are you doing? Yeah, don't touch back, my child. Back, back then. Um, and they're like, Oh, what a nice man helping him. What is going on? I got no idea. <laughs> so. It's just, it's, amazing how like watching an old show like this it's just how everything has changed to the point where also when he first went into the the malt shop earlier the first thing he does steps inside of a building first thing he does lights up a cigarette and it's just oh like my God, I what forgot. is going on but he lights it up uh, he lights it up and then he puts it out immediately well because cigarettes back then were like half a penny yeah. like they, they cost nothing Except for that sweet, sweet cancer. Yeah, I was just like, I was thinking that same exact thing. Like, he's like, <coughs> <laughs> well, the other thing my about my doctor this, says I need to smoke more cigarettes, and, and not that like this. I'm mean, sure this continuity error can be explained away. But when he first gets to the gas station, the first thing he does, or one of the first things he, first things he does, is like check his cigarette p- pack, and it's empty, and he just throws it away. And but now when he's coming into this new store, the first thing he does is light up a cigarette. Where'd you get the cigarette, guy? <laughs> you threw yours away. That's my emergency pack. Yes, I'll, I'm sure they have them. <laughs> Please stay out of my affairs. I mean, I'm sure he could have bought them on the way there, blah, 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 blah. But anyways. So um, he helps the kid out of the tree. Mm-hmm. He talks to the woman. I thought that this was going to be like a weird thing where he ends up like pulling a fry from Futurama and becoming his own grandpa <laughs> or something. <laughs> that would have been messed up, uh, but funny. Yeah. So he... um. He has this conversation with the woman, which it didn't feel like it was necessary to the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, this episode is really good, and I think I like it so much because of sentimental reasons. Yeah. But there was no reason whatsoever for him to have that conversation except for him to say, 
Yeah, I, I uh, grew up here. I carved my name over there, and it cuts to... In the bandstand. It cuts to what, Dwight? Well, it cuts to... Uh, he says, when I was 11, I carved my initials, and I carved my name into that bandstand. Cue, like, cut to an 11-year-old boy carving the name Martin, Martin Sloan into the bandstand. Uh, I believe it said Martin Slow. Yeah, because he didn't finish it. Yeah. So uh, he goes, are you Martin Sloan? Of course you are. You look exactly like me when I was that age. And so he what? was just like, what? And the kid just books it. Yeah. Well, first he tries to defend himself. He's like, everyone carves their names. Here's the thing that I thought was ridiculous. Oh, he so, says Jeepers, mister. Yeah, Jeepers, mister. Everyone carves their name into here. I didn't mean nothing honest. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't trying to do anything honest or something like that. But like, there was like adults sitting there watching this kid just carve his name into public property. Ah, he's blown off steam. <laughs> I guess that's just like a thing that kids were allowed to do back then. Well, that's what they do. He got his first switchblade, so he's going to just stab it in there. <laughs> you know, I guess better that than a homeless person. Well, it makes sense because then back then in the 30s and 40s mm-hmm. people would go on picnics like lovers yeah. would go on pi- picnics well and there's nothing else to do and carve their names into trees and stuff yeah. like that like like such and such and such and such forever mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was trying to think of someone from mm-hmm. like the twilight zone <laughs> the gremlin on the wing of the plane <laughs> and that guy who thinks he's hitler and forever <laughs> fats domino forever yeah so um so he goes running after the boy, ends up at his house, and he's face to face with his old man. Yeah, yeah, because he follows him there, and he, he knocks on his house, and uh, yeah, his his dad shows up. So when he his dad first shows comes to the door, they had um, Martin outside, and they were shooting him through a screen door, and his dad was in shadow. And for a second, I thought they were gonna do like have the actor play himself as his father, play his father. Like, like they the do in actor. Peter Pan with Captain Hook playing the father. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I thought it was going to be something like that, but they didn't, obviously. But it they was. did get an actor who looked pretty much like Yeah, yeah they, they did look very similar. And they did the, the stereotypical, like, old back-in-the-day thing where the father was wearing a cardigan sweater and had a pipe <laughs> and a white-colored shirt. And he if he was wearing glasses, that would have made it better, but... Yeah. I... So the I like how the first thing he do, he says is he's like, "Dad," and it's like, "How in the world do you expect this man to recognize you if you know that you're in a time period where your 11 year old self is? Your dad doesn't know what you look like. You like what? <laughs> I think this was one of the episodes I watched as a kid with mm-hmm. my parents. Yeah, and um, and they just saw. And my dad's like, my dad brought up that point, and my mom said something like. A mother would know. I, I think this was the first time I challenged my parents. I, I was like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Don't question your mother. Go to your room. But the mother didn't recognize him either. No, she so didn't. She, no. So your mom was wrong, Scott. Uh, was it? It was either my mom or a family friend because mm-hmm. we used to have like people over the, the Twilight Viewing Zone parties. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, in between. Uh, uh, Cucumber sandwich parties and uh, Tupperware parties. Oh, fun. So, no, um, every um, New Year's Eve, we would have people over. And oh, yeah, in between and movies, we would watch an episode of Twilight Zone. Makes sense. So it might not have been my mom. It might have been one of our family friends. But but I just remember it was the first time I stood up to an adult at being like 10 years <laughs> old. I was like, no, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you have no idea what they could possibly look like. And like, you change a lot from 11 to 35 or 36. Yeah, what if, what if there was like a factory fire and your kid ends up looking like Tommy Wiseau? Exactly. Like, Ouch. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. Um, he's like, don't you recognize me? No. I'm your son. Or it's me, Martin. And they're like, Martin? He's like, you have a son named Martin. And they're like, yeah? Get away from me. <laughs> And so then he runs away and um well they shut the door on him. Oh, they're, they shut they're, the door. they're like leave us alone and oh, they have those right, big double he, doors because he does the, the <laughs> shut the two doors on i wish him. you could hear like the lock like the because it was one of those doors that had the locks that go up into the door frame oh yeah so i wish like, you could hear <laughs> yeah like clunk chunk and then <laughs> that'd be funny and then you just hear the chain going across the door <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, so then he goes back to the park. Like, well, this th- is like later. Like now it's dark at this yeah. point. Yeah. 
So I want to know what happened in that like five hours. <laughs> I'm assuming he just like wandered around trying to get his head on straight because like he was looking for more cheap ice cream. <laughs> exactly, like that. That's what I would be doing. He probably went back to the mall shop and had like thirty of them. <laughs> um, but they like, said that there used to be an old burlesque theater. <laughs> <laughs> I never could see it as a kid. But so like, yeah. So he's he. I assume he just wanders around the town because he ends up back at the. I assume it's at the same park because he, he finds like a uh, not a carnival but a carousel. Yeah, which I I guess back in like that time period there was carousels everywhere. I would imagine. I mean, it was. Some sort of like cheap entertainment, maybe. Yeah, like, like, like you have a carousel and you have a gazebo. Yeah, it was probably something that was built as part of like a town celebration or mm-hmm. something like that. I would assume. Should we take this down? No, nah. No, nah, just leave it up. Why not? So I feel like there's only like four four places in this town. There's the soda jerk. There's mm-hmm. a diner. There's the street, and then there's this park. Yeah, and that's Homewood. And I, f- I find it so ironic that it's called Homewood. Like, yeah, it's a little on the nose. Yeah. It's like memory lane. <laughs> Your childhood. <laughs> Nostalgiaville. That's, I wish it was called Nostalgiaville. It should have been called Nostalgiaville. It really should have been. So um, he uh, ends up back at the carousel and mm-hmm. he's like, what am I going to do? Yep. And then he like sees himself on the carousel. Yeah. So or young, ki- young him on the carousel. Oh, this is where I uh, pointed out to you, because um, you get the Rod Serling voiceover. Yeah. After Act One, when he realizes he's in, he's in 1935, mm-hmm. and uh, you have the Martin Sloan, business executive, media consultant, didn't realize what he was truly missing until... And that usually happens, what, five minutes into? It usually happens, um, so the episode will have the title, and then it'll have a little bit of a cold open, and then Rod Serling will come on, and then you, if they do have a second one, it's like either before the first commercial break, or like during Act 1, but so this was weird that it was going into Act 2. It was right. very, it was, this is the fifth episode of the whole, of the entire series, so it was very clear that they hadn't figured out the formula yet. Don't so. we know like, what that's like? Just a bit. <laughs> so um, we're what thirty episodes in, and we still haven't figured out a formula. I no, know we're only like ten or whatever. Yeah, um, so, uh, what's his name? Uh, Martin mm-hmm. uh, picks up a baseball glove. Yep. And I oh that's, yeah, that's right. Okay, because he goes back to his, that's right. So this is before the carousel because yeah. he goes back to his parents' house. Yeah, he's again. just walking around the neighborhood, yeah. but it is still dark, mm-hmm. and he picks up the. The baseball glove. Um, so, are we to believe that he just walked around for five hours, being like, "How do I convince my parents it's me?" So he goes back, and he confronts his dad, and the dad's like, "Oh, you came back," and shouldn't the dad be like, "I'm calling the police." More or less, yeah. Like in theory, you would imagine because he's like, "This person is like stalking us at this point." Like yeah. he keeps on showing up, and they they even say a couple times like, "This man's insane." Like they just think he's crazy. Huh. He needs to get to a sanitarium. <laughs> Yeah, that's more or less what they say. Yeah. And, and so he tries to show them, like, his driver's license and, like, his business cards and be like, look at these, believe me. Yeah, because uh, I didn't realize that that by cards they meant business card. I thought they meant, like, credit card. I was like, they didn't have credit cards back then. <laughs> I assume they mean his business cards. Like, that's what it looked like. I call called. BS. Yeah. This Damn show it. is unrealistic about Damn this it, man Rod. who travels back in time. <laughs> He's not a time lord. So his, his final last ditch effort to prove is mm-hmm. he says this is my baseball glove that doesn't prove anything okay. well you gave it to me on my 11th birthday i was hoping he was going to try to give like more details like remember that time that sally fell out of the tree and broke her arm like like he wasn't giving them concrete things he was just saying i'm your son i'm your son believe me i'm your son and no one in their right mind would be like oh well this guy says he's our son so obviously obviously he is it's weird um so, uh, if anyone was to say that to you, like, like, you gave this to me on my 11th birthday, people give stuff all the time, yeah. you're still just that's a crazy... A, that's a pretty good guess, but not a stretch. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, you started wearing those cardigans after you realized on your 40th birthday that this is the way life is. <laughs> 
Well, no duh. Yeah, that's how the world works. It's the 30s, kid. <laughs> uh, so, once again, they slam the door on his face. Yep. But he drops his wallet. Yes. I Which have... I didn't see happen, but... He okay. didn't. Yeah. He didn't. And that's where I'm going to end up taking out a bagel. Because he didn't. I saw him put it back into his pocket. Yes. And they're like, oh, you dropped your wallet when my wife slapped you across the face. Because the wife slaps him across the face, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, I guess just get off me, you crazy man. I like how he's, like, accosting this woman, more or less. And the the father is just standing there being like, all right, this guy's just manhandling my wife. (laughs) Well, he's a man and she's a woman, so this is the way it has to be. That's how it is. Like, that's what it felt like. You would imagine that he would want to protect his property. Yeah, though. that's his his property. <laughs> this is the 30s. I I put a ring on her. I own her now. Did she have the vote yet? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she had the vote back. I don't know. Suffragette City He didn't was... want her to, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. So um, then he runs away again, mm-hmm. and he goes, how can I convince them? I need to convince one person. And he goes, Marden. You gotta find Martin. And Martin is is on um the carousel. Yep. Eating popcorn and just having a great time. And yeah, he's having the time of his life by himself. Like, okay, I don't know very much about um kids back in the thirties, cause what? But um wouldn't like wouldn't he have had, like friends that he'd be spending his time with, not just riding a carousel by himself? Not if he's a jerk. <laughs> okay, that's true. Oh, yeah, and he clearly is a jerk, because adult him is a jerk, so. Yeah. No, uh, well, his best friend is a six-year-old boy, so, <laughs> or a five-year-old boy. Uh, one thing that uh, is really weird is the carousel. Now, have you ever been to Sandwich uh, on the Cape? They have a, no. mu- they have a museum, mm-hmm. which has a 1930s carousel. Oh, cool. And the speed that they actually go on is pretty fast. It's almost like 25 miles an hour. It, Holy it's, crap. It, it's, it was the fastest I've ever been on a wow. carousel. So, and it was designed like that one. Mm-hmm. He would not have been able to jump on it. He would have like broken his leg. Yeah, like like what would have happened is he would go to jump on it and he would have hit that pole. Like, yeah, he just would have smacked him in <laughs> Martin! the face. Just like that. Black, done. Oh, God. Just episode over. <laughs> Here lies Martin Sloan. <laughs> Caught in time. Gonna die in 1935, and he has a business meeting at two. <laughs> dun dun dun. Um, so he somehow gets onto the carousel. Yeah. And yeah, Martin, little Martin, mm-hmm. is like, "Get away from me, Mister! Get away yeah, from me!" Yeah. So they start like a, a chase on the carousel. Yeah. Which was pretty fun. <laughs> where where all these kids are just watching him, and one kid makes a face like, "Should we help him?" And another kid's like, "No, nah. he's fine. He'll be fine." <laughs> like. If anything would have caused someone to be like, hey, maybe we should like stop this, it would be a grown man chasing a young boy through a carousel. Yeah. Like, at what point Where does it become okay? Exactly. At what point does it become okay? Like, does this town stop and take notice that these crazy things are happening with this man? Right. Um, so, that, after what happens next, because mm-hmm. he, um, he chases Martin... So fast off the carousel that Martin falls and, and breaks his leg. Yep. And then he, uh, Mart, old Martin immediately just, ah, and like falls over. Yeah. Because he has also been hurt. Which I thought that was clever. Yes. That was really clever. I liked the, the mirroring of that type of stuff. Like the showing that, not that it has repercussions, but like that's, that's a moment where it makes it come off as this is actually happening as opposed to it's all like a fantasy or a dream or that's, that's something that's concrete. And it gets a little creepy because, uh. He just goes, all I wanted to tell you, Martin, was to cherish your memories. And and that speech that he gives him is so creepy. I liked it. I liked it a lot, personally. I, it was sweet, but, but like, the way he was saying it, like, at this point, this is where a parent should have intervened and be yeah. like, didn't you do enough? Yeah, calm down, guy. Well, because, like, the kid at this point is, like, more or less passed out. Yeah. <laughs> and, but he, because he's basically more or less says, like, I just wanted to tell you to, like, enjoy your time and, like, blah, 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 like, enjoy being a kid, more or less. Which is, like, a sweet sentiment because at him at 36, he's clearly, like, forgotten about his right. childhood and doesn't care about it and become, like, an embittered old not old, but a, a bitter man who hates life and hates everything. What I loved in this episode was the camera angles. And mm-hmm. in this scene, I love this scene because um, once everyone disappears, like mm-hmm. they're still there, 
but it just turns into a spotlight on him. Yes. The, the lighting dim, dims down on it him. Was it's really beautiful. cool. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was well done. And then there was this one kid that looked like a big Pete from Pete and Pete <laughs> the whole time. And I was like, they should have paired him up with a, a Ron Howard. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Um, so he's just sitting at the carousel. What got really weird is they cut to an image of like these horse heads. Yeah. And I was, was like, creepy. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> it was like all the carousel horse heads in like stark lighting, like incredibly like, and there's no music. And that's what makes it like exactly. a million times worse. It was just like, so setting a really, really odd tone. Yeah. Like even, uh, Calliope music would have made it just as creepy. The whole, that would have made it even creepier. Um, so, this is where, um, if they had Gig Young play both the father and, mm-hmm. they clearly didn't, weren't able to figure out that uh, parent trap technology of doing the split <laughs> screen. Um, but I thought that Frank Overton was Gig Young for a second when mm-hmm. he's walking through. I was like, wait, did he go back in time again? again? <laughs> and now he's going to talk to himself again as in the... Like, as, like, an 80-year-old man or a 60-year-old man yeah. as opposed to... Yeah, so uh, then um, Frank Overton's, like, mm-hmm. the dad's, like, I uh, looked through your wallet and I uh, saw your driver's license. Well, he was trying to show you that, like, yeah, five hours ago. Well, <laughs> and he's, like, and your money, the dates haven't happened yet. So, I mean, I guess... So he was clear that was yeah. going to rob him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He hurt my kid's leg. I'm going to, oh, I can't use this money. It doesn't exist yet. <laughs> um, so the first thing he says is, I thought you might want to know that the boy's okay. If he already knows at this point that it's him, shouldn't he be like, I thought you should know that you're okay. Yeah, exactly. But in, in like, I like how he like freaks out. He's like, oh, thank God. I was so nervous. It's like, okay. I don't know. I get this is 1950, whatever. And, or 1935. For, for, it's 1935, but for him, yeah. he, he he's, exists in 1950-something. 59. I understand you maybe not don't fully grasp how time travel works, but if the younger you had died, you would be dead too. So obviously the younger you is okay. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> the doctor's going to say uh, he's dying, and all of a sudden it cuts to him, and he's looking at his hand. Yeah, his hand's disappearing like back <laughs> to the future. <laughs> um. So, the one thing, before we get into the nice uh, father-son moment they mm-hmm. have, because the dad says, um, tell me about the future. Can you tell me about the future? But well, I pointed he, out... He doesn't say, can you tell me? He says, you know things that are going to happen. Yeah. So, I pointed out to you, it's 1935. Warn him about Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so, something bad is going to happen. But, like, do you really think this one person in one random town in Homewood could have changed the course of history maybe i don't know but i feel like like rod serling has addressed that in the past Mm -hmm. like like someone trying to stop that stop hitler yeah but like like warn him about like well also at at this time um i think uh uh, the great depression was going on i think they were out of it at that point if it was 35 doesn't doesn't the depression last until like 36 36 oh maybe okay they weren't affected by the Great Depression, clearly. Uh, apparently, the guy who owned the soda shop was only charging a dime. A di- yeah, exactly. So, so uh, the father and uh, old Martin have this really... It's, it was a very sweet scene. And you could tell that there was stuff that he never got to say to his dad. Mm-hmm. And he, never, he still didn't get to say it, but he did get his closure. And the father had a really good point. Like, like... This is his summer. Yeah. Let him have it. But he doesn't know that he's going to, what, he's going to crash there all summer and be like, I'm moving in. Exactly. Well, yeah, no, that's weird. But, like, I, that sentiment is beautiful, I think, where he's talking about, he's like, let let him be a child. Let him enjoy his summer. Don't make him share it. Like, don't. And then so he starts talking about, like, stop looking back you have to stop looking back you have to start looking back to the you have to look to the back to the future you have to to start looking forward and because he's like i you probably came here because you can't see these things in your time you can't see the carousels you can't see the the cotton candy and stuff like that but he's like but i'm sure if you look you can find it which i think something along those lines is very important for our current generation who is so stuck in nostalgia. I mean, this whole show is about us dealing with nostalgia. I realize that. Give us money. Yeah. But, uh, what? But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, you just 
so like, but it's something along the lines of like, we as a generation need to take like get out. Right. Of, I'm so sick of hearing people being like, I I can't stand being an adult. Being an adult is so hard. Like I get it, it is. Yes, I realize that. But like. Right. There's more to life than the 90s. Well, I, I told you before we started this episode that I went uh, to my hometown on uh, a few days ago, mm-hmm. and I went to the mall, and everything was different. Yeah. And I missed it, <laughs> but I didn't want it to be the same. Like, yeah. the mall is different now, and it it's better, but... <laughs> better. So it won't be here in five more years. Malls are closed enough. Right, right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but shouldn't we just condemn this place? But <laughs> Let's just close Burn it all down. Uh, um, but, you know, it, it, it got me sad for a little bit, and then it just made me realize, well, you know, I started looking on the bright side. Exactly. The message so, of looking to the future, I think, is a really, really positive one, and it was really well delivered. And I didn't need the sheriff from To Kill a Mockingbird or something. <laughs> Um, so that, that message was very, you know, sweet. Like, mm-hmm. like there are these sweet moments in episodes like this of the Twilight Zone yep. that, that sometimes I feel like the show shouldn't have been called the Twilight Zone for episodes like this. Yeah. Or like. Yeah. Cause this was like less, the only thing fantastical about it was like him going back into the past, but the, the message could have been conveyed without that but i don't know it worked um i lost my train of thought go <laughs> so he um ends up walking back to the soda fountain and now there's mm-hmm. hipping and hopping music it's like yep we are back in the 50s clearly yeah like you can immediately tell um and also another way you can tell is when he went to the soda fountain the first time the guy was wearing uh the apron and he, he had one of those armbands yep and and then uh, when he went to the 1959 one, uh, the guy was wearing the, the the paper hat. The paper hat, yeah. Um, which back then I actually think was cloth. Probably. Um, and you get like the characteriest character actor <laughs> as the soda jerk. He's like, "Wow, Mister, where have you been? <laughs> How you been, buddy? Like that type of deal." Yeah, like cha 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 cha. And he sits down and he goes, "Ah." And he goes, oh, you okay there, old timer? <laughs> they don't make these, these chairs aren't made for people with bum legs, because now he's got a bum leg. Yeah, and he's like, oh, how did you do that? Did did it happen in the war? <laughs> Were you fighting the Kaiser? <laughs> the, that you could have warned everyone about, <laughs> you jerk, for going back and not telling anyone about Hitler? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, no, I fell off a carousel. It, it, it felt like the war, Jesus. <laughs> Do I look like a fighter to you? Clearly he's a lover. I honked my horn 15 <laughs> times. I'm a deserter. I'm anything. from New York, sir. Um, so he's like, no, it happened when I fell off a carousel because some maniac was chasing me. <laughs> he didn't quite say that. <laughs> yeah, but he, it yeah. was that too. Yeah. And like he did the other stuff where he was talking like he was like, oh, is old man Wilson still alive? He I remember him. He's like, he died 10 to 15 years ago. He's like, oh, okay. They talk about the carousel. He's like, yeah, they tore that down years ago. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Do you want a soda? Do you still do the the chocolate sodas with chocolate ice cream and uh, strawberry swirls? <laughs> yeah, of course we do. Can three, can you three, do one with three scoops? Three scoops will be extra. <laughs> like, and that's and, where they get the thirty five cents. Right, and then uh, he goes, what what type of ice cream you want? Strawberry, vanilla. And he just said chocolate. Yeah. Like he yeah, said, exactly. Come he, on. He said chocolate ice cream. Um, Not a very good soda jerk. Yeah, because then he's like, vanilla? You want vanilla? 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 We're doing a vanilla. <laughs> he's like, no, I, I, I've had enough ice cream. Um, and that's where I, I had got, it for free or very cheap in the past. Yeah, sir. so that's where I got the idea that he just goes back in time and he just <laughs> finds cheap ice cream. If only. Um. So then he goes back to his car, yep. and... He's he, limping back now, because he has his limp from, in, from the accident. And that actually, like, that put a, a tear in my eye. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I was like, oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. And he was nice now. He's nice yep. now. He, He's been he, changed for the better. Yeah, he basically hands his wallet over to the... <laughs> he gave him, like, 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, so I'm guessing back then to fix a car for the work that he had done was, what, five bucks? I would imagine. <laughs> just take it all. Yeah, just, just go. I'm please. feeling good. <laughs> um, so at the beginning of the episode, when mm-hmm. we did the the um, 
me doing the Twilight Zone thing. Yep. That was actually based on something that really happened to me. I did break my arm. I wasn't riding my bike. But oh, really? You got avoid... hit by a car or something? No, I, I said, uh, watch out for that uh, large girl. Oh, large. Yes, that's what you said. I was snowboarding. Okay. And uh, this very large mom thought I was going to hit her kid. So she like jumps in front of me. Okay. And I swerved this and I never snowboarded. How old were you? I was 12. Okay. Which I was nowhere near her kid. So I ended up swerving. Um, and I was taking lessons at the oh, time. Geez. So so the kid who should have been training me mm-hmm. should have came to my defense. But I ended up swerving, hitting a, a rock covered in ice and breaking my arm. Ouch. So so that, when, when that happened to him in the show, mm-hmm. when he, I was like, oh, my God. I've lived through this. <laughs> this hits home. Yeah, so, it, it, and then I got, my mom, she's like, are you okay? And this large woman is yelling at me. She's like, he almost hit my kid. My mom's like, no, he didn't. He was taking lessons. What was your kid doing running in the middle of the lessons? That's a fair point. So, and then I never snowboarded again. <laughs> my dad's like, there's a waste of $200. And we're done. So I, I felt like Martin. And I was like, what if that was just me trying to warn myself? but I'm not a fat woman. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> I'm not Louie Anderson from Baskets. <laughs> um, so, so you know, you know what I really like about this episode? What? Is that it's not, this is what I was going to talk about earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's not overly fantastical. Like, it's not dealing with space aliens. It's not dealing with a magic camera that's, like, dour and, and like, depressing. Or a monkey spa. Exactly, or a monkey spa. There are parts of it that are, like, that make you think and they make you like wistful, but in no shape is it like humanity is terrible and we're all going to die because of how terrible everyone is. It was like a relatively optimistic episode. Yeah. This one is not as well written as, um, uh, monsters are doing maple, but mm-hmm. I feel like I would, I give, I'm giving this one, I'm going to give this one a higher score because though the writing isn't as strong, mm-hmm. it just, makes you feel good i agree and you feel better and like like we can poke some holes in it yeah and there's some ridiculous stuff but at the same time you just feel good and these are my favorite types of twilight zone episodes mm-hmm. um i mean the cellar is still my favorite because it shows you how awful humanity can be yep but if they were gonna write well they are doing a new twilight zone movie yes they should do it as an anthology because that still that grinds my gears. That really yeah, razzes yeah, that, my that, berries. Oh, uh, does it? Um, uh, I didn't mention what my favorite episode was last week. Is and it I'm, this? I'm not going to reveal it on this episode. Okay. I want people to tweet at us and email us and do stuff to tell and try to guess what my favorite episode is. <laughs> I will reveal it on the next episode, and we're going to record it in like. 30 minutes so it's not like i will have changed my answer based on what everyone says yeah we should let people know we do record these in advance yes yeah we we uh let the, let's let you know how the sausage is made so Gross. i <laughs> so so i either go over dwight or dwight comes here and uh and we watch like four to five episodes mm-hmm. of a show or just one movie. And then we talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that's how we can get them to you as fast as we can. Yes. So this one was the second one we picked. Yep. And this one for me is just really good acting. Yep. The story, I think the holes in the story are looked past because Frank Overton as the dad, mm-hmm. like this, I think he would, uh, you might want to look this up. I think he was, um, named in, um, like TV guide as like a great one-off TV dad. Oh, for this, for this, let me see if I can, or like maybe a twilight zone best characters in an episode. I don't know if it'll be on his Wikipedia, but I can check. But this was a great character. And the fact that it's not the main character of a twilight zone episode, mm-hmm. I really like the dad. He was in a second episode of The Twilight Zone as well. A lot of the people, uh, a lot of the really good actors mm-hmm. were in more than one yeah. episode. He was in Mute from 1963 as really? well. Really? I don't remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. I I think that's the one that they based Hush after on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because I think no one talks and it's all done silently. Oh, that explains it. I'm looking at this and like he didn't do that much overall. Like He was in like maybe 15. 
13, 12 movies. He died young. Yeah. Frank Overton? Yeah. Yeah. He, I believe what happened was after he got To Kill a Mockingbird, because mm-hmm. he's the third lead in that. Yep. He's like third build in it. I think he just started getting typecasted and as this like good-hearted person. Well, th- uh, he was only in one other movie after To Kill a Mockingbird. What was that? Uh, to Failsafe. Oh yeah, definitely. And then, but he was—it also says he was in Bonanza. He played Hoss's gun. I don't know if he was a main person in Bonanza, or not. But anyways, he died of a heart attack oh. in '67. Yeah. Oh. So that's too bad. But he was—he was a great TV dad. Yep. He was just like, because he talked to this thirty. 30- Nine? Was he forty? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. The guy in this, in this show. He did not look thirty-six. He, he looked much older. Than he 36. had some city miles on yes. him. Yes. Um. So the way he was talking to Gig Young was mm-hmm. the same way he would talk to his son. And that that was really good. Yeah. Did Rod Serling write this one? Yes, he did. Okay. Uh, yeah, Rod Serling wrote this. Uh, it's not based on anything specific. Hmm. Uh, Rod Serling like, traveled back in time and saw himself as a child, and then he fell off a merry-go-round. Dun, dun, dun. This is actually kind of cool. Unlike some episodes of the show that were accompanied by pre-composed stock music, Walking Distance was underscored with music written specifically for it. Who wrote it? Was um, Bernard Herman. <gasps> really? Yes. Bernard Herman wrote the music for um, um, uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, cool. I had no idea. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. And he worked with Hitchcock, apparently. And Orson Welles. Oh, he did Taxi Driver. Oh, I'm thinking of... That's Scorsese. That's not Hitchcock. No, Bernard Herrmann wrote the music for Taxi Driver. That was the last thing he did. Oh, cool. No, Bernard Herrmann didn't... I think his brother did Ghostbusters. But Bernard Herrmann did Hitchcock, and he did Taxi Driver. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, that's really cool. That's really, really awesome. Good choice. Yeah, it was a good choice. It was a... uh, Really, really nice episode. I like this episode. So, yeah. Scott, how many bagels are in the writer's bagel basket for this one? For uh, you? There's 11 left. Okay. Two are missing because of uh, the ridiculousness of the parents. Mm-hmm. And then, then the fact that the, the, everyone in town was just looking the other way <laughs> with, with him chasing after it. Yeah, it was a little awkward. Yeah. I, I'm going to have 11 left as well. Um this is kind of like an issue with older TV like this that has to fit such a big and heady idea into 25 minutes. The pacing on this episode was off a little bit. And some of the, um, like reactions to him, like finding out that he's in 1930, whatever is almost like, yeah. Okay. He just like kind of accepted it really quickly. And I feel like a lot of it was shown off screen him, like, coming to grips with it and stuff like that yeah this was like uh marty mcfly realizing he's in 1955 like okay still overall it's an amazing episode it's it's one of the best twilight zones um and i understand why it's one of the best ones so good so dwight we're still caught in this twilight zone i know we can't escape so it's okay i'll allow it i love it here So, what's happening next? This next one, we are going to a hospital, and um, we're trying to get ourselves some uh, reconstructive surgery, because I'm an ugly-o, and I need to get, I need to become a beautiful person, like everyone else. (laughs) All right, guys. So, tweet at us. I didn't do that for the last Mm -hmm. episode. Uh, Like us on Facebook. Tweet at us. Uh, We've gotten a a few uh, tweets, um, and the email, guys... Email us. Mm-hmm. That you don't need to do 140 characters. <laughs> if you have suggestions for shows for us to do, email us at writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. Yep. No apostrophe S, but it's the same spelling as everything else. So until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Dwight Stern. Smell you later. Bye. Bye.